Welcome to a new episode of Lighthearted. My name is Anna. And my name is Bracey, and we're two average gals chatting about what it means to grow. How are you growing this week? So I actually journaled this past weekend. Wow. I know. How and exciting it, for you. <laughs> yeah. It's one of those things where every time I do it, I'm like, oh, this is why like people talk about this. And this is why people are like, oh, did you journal? Like, da 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 Bracey is making such a face at me right now. No, I was um, just thinking about how I'm absolutely one of those people that's like, oh, did you journal about this? <laughs> yeah, you are. Taylor is. I spent the weekend by myself because Taylor was in North Carolina for a wedding. And I just was in my feelings one night and I decided to journal it out. I did throw it away after but it was only because I didn't journal in like an actual journal. I journaled on my trace paper that I used to practice my calligraphy. And mm-hmm. I just felt like using a really metallic pink pen to journal because that's just where my feelings were. I love it. So I didn't really have anywhere to put it. I did feel better. And then I started to read it again. But then literally like your voice popped in my head because I remember I told you that I did that one time. And I was like, and then I just got upset all over again. You were like, why did you reread it? You should have burned it. You should have like. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And so I started to reread it and started to get upset again. And then I was like, no, 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 Bracey. No, your voice is in my head. And I was like, don't do it. Don't do it. And so then I just crumpled it up. Now you're very godparent or something. (laughs) A little little person sitting on your shoulder. Yeah. You're my little uh, meditative guru on my shoulder being like, (laughs) Is this what's best? Probably not. Is this healthy for you? <laughs> yes. Uh, but yeah, I feel good about that. What about you? That's awesome. Well, I had a really good therapy session today, so I'm going to count that. I love that. I yeah. love when you have good therapy sessions. I know. Which I feel always... like is frequently. I mean, I love Debbie so much. She's so great. I know. We got to get her on here. <laughs> She's the best. We really uh, do. I will say, though, that every time I have – actually, probably almost every time I have therapy – I just am exhausted after. I, I think mm-hmm. there is something so exhausting about like processing stuff like that. A hundred percent. Well, and do you get like anxious or have any type of feelings before your session? Like when you know it's about to start? Sometimes, yes. Sometimes I mostly feel like, oh, I don't want to do this. Like maybe I can just coast or like mm-hmm. get her to talk most of the time. It never works, but it helps me to like actually get on the call. Mm-hmm. I used to do that in therapy all the time. And they, Claire would be like, so I, feel I like- understand that you want to – you just want me to talk so you don't have to talk about yourself, but that's not why we're here, so. Yeah. I <laughs> Debbie hasn't caught on to it, but I feel like she just doesn't deal with it anyways. Like, she never lets me get there. Yeah. So she's probably noticing it. She's just not I mean, voicing yeah, that probably. she notices it. Probably. <laughs> Well, that's it. That's awesome. I'm glad that you had a good session. All right. So today's topic is on confrontation, which I think we are both equally excited and nervous about. Is that accurate? Definitely nervous for sure. I mean, it's (laughs) a fascinating topic and I feel like one that you and I certainly have not perfected. Oh, absolutely not. This is an area where we could both grow for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a tough one for, I think, everybody, especially in American culture. It's it's hard. Yeah, definitely. And I feel like even people who I think growing up, I would be like, oh, they're really good at confrontation and conflict. Like, I don't know if that's even true or if it's just like a different version of conflict than what my version of conflict was growing up. And so it 
seemed healthier because it was different, even though that might not be true. Yeah. Now that you say that, I think if you had asked me like who I know that's good at confrontation or conflict, it would be the people that I know who, who tend to be a little bit like bully, you know, which is Mm -hmm. also not healthy. So yeah, it's like, but like that's not effective confrontation. No. Yeah. It's like a huge spectrum where I feel like I don't know that I know many people who are like good at confrontation. It's like either you avoid it or it's like screaming. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I feel like the only people who I can think of even in the abstract that are good at it are therapists that know how to like deescalate. Yeah, that's true. But that's like, are they good at it in session when it's not about them? You're right. I don't know. And not necessarily in their personal life. Yeah. It's way harder when it's your nervous system that you're having to regulate. Oof. Say more. I love a conversation about (laughs) nervous system regulation. I think it's fascinating (laughs) because we just let our nervous systems go haywire and we don't even pay attention to them most of the time. I believe that. I don't pay attention to mine. Or I like attach it to – I attach it to my feelings and not as a way that my body is trying to cope with what I'm feeling. Yeah, I feel like the research that the Gottman Institute has done on this is really interesting and and what kind of keyed me into it because they talk about how if your nervous system is so dysregulated that you can't have a conversation, like a good conversation, then Mm -hmm. you should just like take a time out and come back to it, which makes total sense. Like if you're so dysregulated that you're having like a crazy adrenaline rush or like your body Mm -hmm. is super keyed up, like that's not a good place to have an effective conflict. Okay. I love that you said the word conflict because do you think there's a difference between confrontation and conflict? I really do. I think that confrontation is like the initial, like, hey, we've got a problem here. And Mm -hmm. I think confrontation has a little bit of a, well, actually, I think both words probably have a little bit of a negative connotation, but. Yeah, for sure. Confrontation seems like one person approaching another person with an issue. And conflict seems like, okay, we've got something to work through between the two of us. But another thing that the Gottman Institute talks about is how couples should attack a problem as a we versus the problem instead of a Mm -hmm. me versus Mm -hmm. you, which I think is very important. Yeah, I think that's a really smart way to like frame conflict in a relationship. Like not maybe not when you're like in the conflict, but (laughs) having those conversations prior to engaging in conflict. Yeah. So that you're both like going into the situation saying like, yeah, okay, this is not about you versus me. It's about us versus whatever this problem is. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I totally agree. I think there are varying levels of intensity for confrontation and for conflict. And I think confrontation can lead to conflict. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Can there be conflict without confrontation? I guess there can. Yeah, because there's no confrontation. So there's conflict and you're not talking about it. Yeah. So this is like a rectangle and a square situation. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, confrontation doesn't have to mean conflict and that you could have a confrontation and resolve it. But then Mm -hmm. I think that you can have conflict and never have the confrontation, so you're never talking about it, which in my mind is maybe even worse. I feel like that is way worse on like your nervous system. It's definitely unhealthier because you're just stewing in whatever the problem is and never talking about it. But to me, that is definitely the easier route in some circumstances. Is it easier or is it what you learned? Mm. Because for me, it's what I learned. And so it's the other way seems hard, but I don't know that it actually is harder. 
Okay. Yeah. I'll agree with that. I did not grow up in a family that had conflict or, con- or con- well, that's not true. Excuse me. We had conflict. We did not have confrontation. <laughs> yeah. Same. Um, avoid confrontation at all costs. That was, that was kind of how it was. And yeah, definitely don't think that's the way to go. Luckily for me, I somehow figured out how to have confrontation and romantic relationships. It's just the other relationships that I struggle with. I know, which is really interesting because I'm the same way. I mean, it took me a long time to get to a place where I could have confrontation and romantic relationships. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm here, I'm like, okay, it's still hard. Like, It doesn't feel easy to do, but I'm willing to do it. And I know that I'll feel better on the other side of it. Yeah. But it's not – It's definitely not like my natural inclination. Like my natural inclination is just to be like, "Mm, maybe I'll get over it (laughs) and I don't have to say anything. Yeah. Let me just (laughs) push this down and never feel it and it'll be Mm -hmm. fine. That is definitely my brain's goal a lot of the time. I have to fight against it. Yeah. I get that. I feel like that's me for most of the time. And honestly, I'm pretty successful at it, especially in, you know, relationships where I'm not with the person all the time. But mm-hmm. with Seb, I literally cannot, I can't not talk about it. It's like it eats me alive until we discuss it because I'm like, this is a problem. I, I feel I'm having some feelings. and I'm going to need to talk mm-hmm. about it with mm-hmm. you right now. I love that you just said eats you alive because that is truly what it feels like. Like, when you're, yeah, with somebody all the time, it's this uncomfortableness, like hotness in my body. Yeah. And it's like that I works can't its way up of anything else until we totally. talk about it. And it feels miserable. It does. Yeah. But a lot of times I'll like put it off as long as I possibly can. I'm like, how, how far can I push my body to feel like this before I finally just like have to start? And it's just the starting that feels hard. Yeah. Or that feels like the hardest part being like, hey, I need to talk about something. Like that is the sentence that is so difficult for me to say. And then after that, it gets easier like as I start talking. Why do you think that that starting is so hard for you? I think it's because I have so many fears around what confrontation could lead to. Mm -hmm. So the start feels so scary because I feel like I'm risking a lot. Yeah. I've been reading Daring Greatly by Brene Brown and Mm -hmm. it's – it's about vulnerability, and I feel like that's what that feeling is. It's like, oh, I could I do this <laughs> thing, but, like, I don't know what's going to happen, and hopefully, you know, it doesn't go poorly. Yeah, totally. Okay, so in romantic relationships or, like, with Seb, mm-hmm. it's easier. You're practiced. Yeah. What about with friends and family? How do you deal with conflict or confrontation? I don't. <laughs> um, I feel like... In my recent years, I have at least, this is going to sound silly, but I've at least become comfortable with the idea of confrontation. Like, I know that if I were to have a conflict that was actually causing me real issues, I could have a conversation with somebody about it. Mm -hmm. I haven't actually had to do that yet. So I feel like I'm improving, but I also haven't been put to the test yet. So, you know, who knows? It really surprises me about you. I think because you are so confident in so many other areas, or you at least come off that way, whether you feel <laughs> I'm literally that or not. That is not true. 
That is totally how I see you. And so it's just interesting that I'm like, oh, I can't imagine you not being comfortable telling somebody that they're like hurt your feelings. Oh, gosh. Yeah, no, I would, especially with friends, that would be so hard for me because I think we've talked about this. Like I have more um, baggage around like friendships than I do romantic relationships, which definitely comes Mm -hmm. into play here. So like me going out on a limb and telling a friend that they've hurt my feelings, especially if they had no idea, then that would be very vulnerable for me. But like, I know that there are certain friends, especially close friends, that if they were to say, like, hey, I feel like something's off, do you want to talk about it? I would definitely feel more comfortable telling them than I would, you know, going into a blind argument with somebody that wasn't as close to me. Okay. That's interesting. Okay. So you, if somebody hurt your feelings, but you knew that they didn't know, are you able to, like, rationalize that in your head because you're like, oh, they didn't intend to do it? I'll just forget about it. I'll push it down, whatever. Like, is it that narrative or is it? No, it's just that like, it's that I feel like if I were to bring it up, it would be totally out of left field and they would feel like there were, I had no basis. Like if they have no idea that they, they hurt my feelings and like, I don't have a leg to stand on. Oh, so it's like a fear of not being validated in like your experience that you had with them. Yeah. That sounds right. Interesting. Sounds, sounds fancy. Put a little fancy spin on it. (laughs) That is really interesting. Okay. But if – okay, I feel not the opposite. Definitely not the complete opposite. I definitely agree with you that bringing up a conflict that's potentially out of nowhere would feel scary. But it's not for the reason – it's not for the same reason that you have. It's more like I'm scared they would be like, well, I don't want to be your friend, so bye. That would never happen. (laughs) That would never happen. I was actually just thinking about the fact that, like, I would be happy if any of my friends said, hey, you did this thing and I hurt my feelings because sometimes I feel like I'm just not aware of things like that. Like, I'm the person that's like, oh, shit, I had no idea that you were mad. So I would be happy if you told me that I hurt your feelings because then it would give me something to, like, work off of. And and also, here's where I would feel comfortable with confrontation. If I disagreed with you, I would feel comfortable saying that. Like, I hear Mm -hmm. that you're feeling that way, but, like, I'm not going to change my behavior for X, Y, and Z reason. Okay. That is also a fear. I didn't know that was a fear, but thinking that if (laughs) I were to come to you and be like, (laughs) hey, you hurt my feelings and you were like, okay, I see that. I hear it. I disagree. I would be like, oh, because then I would be like, oh, then I'm wrong. Yeah, but I would, I would do it in a nice way. I would be like, I'm so sorry. I know. (laughs) (laughs) I would, I would feel real. I would feel so bad, but I also feel pretty good. Well, it would depend on the situation. If I felt like I did something wrong, I would absolutely apologize for it over and over. But if I felt like I didn't do something wrong, I don't think that means that that you did something wrong. It just means that we had a different experience, right? Sure. Totally. But that's that's a hard... I feel like those confrontations are actually the hardest because there's no resolution. Because you had a different experience than me. And that's actually... Mm -hmm. I know we talked about maybe um, coming up with some examples of like confrontations that we've had that have been successful and unsuccessful. And that was Mm -hmm. the example that I had of an unsuccessful confrontation is like, we just disagree. Like we just flat out disagree that this is a problem. Yeah. Ugh, and that's really tricky. Because yeah, it's just like, I don't know, I would imagine that that feels awful. Because you're like working, you've worked up the courage to like communicate with this person. Yeah. And they're communicating back and it's not what you wanted. Yeah. Ugh, which like, yeah, that feels awful. 
And now it's what a fear was, of yours. And now it's a fear of mine. Thanks. <laughs> Add it to my enormous list. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> it's okay. I'm not mad at you. Okay. And then the other thing that you mentioned about you would be feel more comfortable addressing a confrontation or having a confrontation if the person was like, hey, something feels weird. What's up? Mm-hmm. And I have had this happen before, and I immediately was just like, nope, everything's fine. And then was mad at myself because I was like, oh, oh you're not faking it well enough. Oh, you no. are – you're upset, but you're not doing a good enough job. Like, oh, you're yeah. not <laughs> – I know. It is so toxic in this brain sometimes. Well, and it just makes me sad because it's double the hurt. Like, you're upset and you're upset at yourself for not being less upset. Yes. And I really shoot myself in the foot like my whole life really because – so I'll let things build because I don't want to talk about it. Mm -hmm. And I'll be like, I'm going to let this go or it doesn't really matter or yada, yada, yada. And I will. And I'll let it – or I'll – that's not true. I won't let it go I guess. But I'll I'll be able to move on in the sense that like I can keep living my life and I'm not like obsessively thinking about it. Mm -hmm. And then like more things will happen and they build. And then I get to a point where I'm like – oh my God, like I can't think about anything else. Like I'm really upset about all this stuff. But then it feels so incredibly unfair to have a confrontation and then be like, so for the last seven years, I've been harboring. Like, you know, like that feels- I feel you on that. I get that. Awful. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And it's so hard because it's such little things most of the time that Mm -hmm. you don't even feel justified in talking to them about it at the time because it's like- It feels petty. It it does feel petty. And it's like, I could explain this away on your behalf, like 12,000 reasons, but mm-hmm. no matter what I do to like justify it, it still hurts my feelings. Like even if you had 100%. a good reason, it still hurt my feelings. Yeah. And then they build Ugh. up. And then what happens to you at the end of it? Do you explode or like, has anything ever happened after the seven year period? <laughs> Have you resolved any of these conflicts? <laughs> no, no. It just like, I think I get to a point where I'm just like, okay, like this is a choice that I've made where I decided that talking about these things over my whole lifetime or whatever, like they didn't warrant a conversation at the time for Mm -hmm. a multitude of reasons. Right. And I just feel like that's something that I have to live with and try to make different choices going forward. But I don't feel like it's fair to open this like can of worms that was like, oh, and on it, and still, when I look back on it, and I'm like, oh, like this is all stupid, and it's not, but it's 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 not stupid in its yeah. culmination. But the, all the individual things feel really silly or small or like not important. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, I would just feel like I would just look like a crazy person. Which I, I don't think crazy. I don't think that's actually true, but I hear what you're saying. Like it feels like it's it's small enough that it doesn't need to be talked about. Yes. But, like, probably it, the other person would be like, okay, like, I'm sorry this hurt your feelings. Right. That Yeah, it probably, like, wouldn't have been a thing. And I just made the choice for both of us to not address it or not bring it to light. Or right. Well, I do think that that's, like, a cultural issue that we have. It's like we can't discuss little things without people getting upset, without people feeling like they're wrong. Because I feel like that's part of our culture. It's like, okay, well, if you – if I say I have a feeling about something you did, then automatically you're in the wrong, which is not – it's not the case. But that's the way we learn. Right. Totally. Yeah. Or it's like, oh, this isn't me saying like you're a bad person or you intentionally did this thing to me or whatever. Like it's not saying that. But I – I mean I would feel the same – like the same way. Like if somebody – 
was like, oh, you did this thing or hurt my feelings. Like my brain is immediately like, oh, so I'm terrible is what you're saying. For sure. Here is the other thing about me and adulthood and like conflict, not even confrontation, just the conflict portion, I think. It's like Mm -hmm. I have this thing where – I am maybe sometimes a little too blunt and like honest, but to me, that's like, uh, like that's me being authentic. Like I want, I want to be able to tell you everything that I'm thinking and feeling because to me, that's like what real friendship is. Except mm-hmm. for I know that I sometimes am too blunt and it hurts people's feelings. So I've learned to just not say anything if I think that it might hurt, pe- hurt people's feelings. And I actually think mm-hmm. that that's a p- part. It's an issue with conflict, but it's also an issue with, like, connection because I can't connect with people as deeply as I'd like because I'm afraid that they're going to get upset if I say something wrong. Yeah, I I totally agree with that. And I feel like I feel that on, like, the opposite side of that spectrum of, like, if I were to confront somebody, I would do it in, like, the babiest way of, like, really sugarcoating it so that it doesn't even look like a confrontation. It doesn't feel like a confrontation, but then I'm not actually being – honest or like really getting my needs met in that because I'm being like, I'm not really telling them the truth. Yeah, I'm trying to, I'm trying to get my needs met in a way that like, isn't going to happen because they aren't being given the opportunity to like hear what the actual issue is or, or how much it's impacting me. Right. Yeah. No, I think it's the, how much it's impacting me portion. That's important because I actually agree with you on the delivery. I, if I were to Specifically in this instance, if I were to like try to confront somebody, I would be very gentle about it and like tiptoeing, which I think is appropriate Mm -hmm. because you don't, you don't want to hurt somebody's feelings. Yeah. But what I was thinking about was sometimes I just feel like I can't be honest in general because I'm afraid that Mm. I'm going to hurt somebody's feelings. Like not even confrontation wise. I just feel like my delivery sometimes is not good and people take offense. Got it. Yeah. No, I can. I can see that because you are – I think it's like – I could, no, I could see that and I mean this in like the nicest way. Like I can see that if you don't know you or you don't know your heart or something, like I could see where it's like, oh, like, whoop, okay. Yeah. Even though I like I don't ever think that about you because I'm like, oh, I know, I know you and I love you and I know that your intentions are always good. Like you're not right. ever trying to come off a way that is offensive or like not even offensive but just like might hurt somebody's feelings. I think the other thing about it is that and maybe this is actually kind of related to the confidence piece that you were saying. It's like, I am not saying this in a way that means to like break you down or say you're wrong or anything. I'm just totally. trying to say, here is what I see. And sometimes mm-hmm. that like people interpret that as like, oh, I've done something wrong. Or if right. she thinks this, then there, it means this other thing about me. Yes. They're internalizing like what you say. In a way that, like, isn't actually about you at all. Yeah. And yeah. I guess my point with that whole thing is, like, I think – I just wish that we were all more honest with each other and were able to, like, not take personal offense to things that are said, you know, in conversation. But I don't yeah. think we're there that yet as a society, so – No. <laughs> I censor myself. Close. I'm sure that I don't do a great job of it all the time, but I do try to censor myself sometimes. Have you ever seen that movie um, – I can't remember what it's called, but it has Jennifer Garner in it. And it's like a society where people can't lie. No, but that sounds great. (laughs) It is so cringy. (laughs) Because the only part I can think about is Jennifer Garner is like going out on a date 
and the guy is like waiting downstairs for her or something. And he's like, Oh, are you almost ready? Or like, Hey, what are you doing up there or something? And she is upstairs before she's going out to her date, having some alone time, some personal time. <laughs> and she just says it. Like she just tells him like exactly what she's doing. And it's really cringy, but I, I don't know. I think. On the flip side of like, like, yes, I agree. We should 100% be more honest. But I think about like, oh, if that were taken to the extreme, like, what would life be like? Yeah. I like, st- that'll never happen. I don't know. But it, like, it, it would just be happen. comical, I guess. I still think that it would be better, though, because I think what would happen is that people would have to learn to let things go or like, have their feelings and move past them. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, especially, I mean, we've been talking about confrontation. Like, if somebody point blank asked you right now, like, are you mad at me? And you were mad at them. Would you tell them the truth? Probably not. Yeah. See, and like, just like Like 95% now, right? The build up (laughs) part would never happen because you would have to get it out. You would have to say you did this thing and it hurt my feelings or you did this thing and I'm angry about it or whatever. And you would just release a lot of the stuff that we just don't talk about now. And I think it would be hard, but I think it would be better. I do agree that I think the buildup is like the definitely the worst part for me. So having that taken out of the equation, it would be like, oh, this probably it's probably not as terrible. I just have been conditioned and trained to think it's so terrible. I also and my really body reacts in that way. How you agreed with me while also disagreeing with what I just said because I know <laughs> that you don't think that honesty would be better than not honesty. <laughs> Have you, (laughs) that's true. Have you ever heard that would you rather of like, would you rather have to say everything you're thinking or never speak again? I've never heard that one. I'm trying to think of what I would actually pick. Well, we all know what I would pick. Yeah, obviously. I feel like I would probably, you know, do everything I'm thinking. I think you could probably learn to censor your thoughts enough that people wouldn't get too mad. (laughs) Hopefully. You would be so entertaining. Oh, I would God. love to spend all my time with you. I would really have to work recording. on my um my judgment issues. Mm. Gosh, we should do an episode on judgment. We That's really a tough should. one. We should. It's it's one that I struggle with for sure. Okay, tell us about a time when you had a successful confrontation. Okay, I feel like there have been several, actually many, with Seb, and they're almost always successful. Mm-hmm. But I was thinking of one that I really struggled with. That was out because it was outside of my romantic relationship. So, so there was a time that someone couldn't come to something that I planned, which is a a little bit of a trigger for me. And instead of me saying like, Oh, it's fine. Like whatever. I actually expressed that I was disappointed and I was so proud of myself for just, just saying like, I, like I get it. You can't come, but like I'm disappointed that you won't be there. And. It was fine. Like nothing bad happened. And I was also very proud of myself for saying it. So really happy about that one. That is amazing. Okay. So afterwards you felt really good about it. Yeah. Because nothing like, I feel like, you know, when you're going into a confrontation that, which that <laughs> honestly, I guess that's not even hardly a confrontation, but to me it felt like one. Yeah. 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 It but, felt really huge. Yeah. But when you're going into something like that and being honest, it's, you're just so afraid of what's going to happen. And then when nothing happens, you're like, this is the best outcome we could have had. Like I was able to express myself and it was fine. Yeah. You'd built it up in your head that it was like going to be this whole thing. And then it was just like, oh, not actually a big deal. Yeah. I totally thought I was prepping for like a fight or a fallout or something. Yeah. Did it have any type of like lasting impact on that relationship? Like did you 
in the sense of like, did you feel more comfortable having confrontation with that person because you had a successful one or not really? Um, I don't know. I feel like I could do it. I still feel like there are situations where I wouldn't, like, mm-hmm. wouldn't feel comfortable confronting. But I do think that because I had the success one time that I would probably feel better about it than other relationships. Yeah. Okay. That's great. Yeah. What about you? Have you ever had a successful confrontation that you'd like to tell us about? I would love to. Um, I've had a handful. <laughs> I have, okay, I have two actually. One was when I had a friend who was blowing off plans that we had made to hang out with a guy that she was dating. And I totally get that like every once in a while or like if it's an emergency or like something serious is happening, like I can understand that. But it was just like, oh, he wants to like have dinner tonight instead of tomorrow or something. Like it wasn't anything like huge. Yeah. And it was really annoying. And so I went and talked to her about it and I was like, hey, like you blowing off plans really sucks and it really feels terrible. And like it's just causing a lot of like weird dynamics in our house and it's like not – I mean there were already weird dynamics, but it like wasn't making anything better. Yeah. It was just making it worse. And it was really successful. Like she was like very apologetic and was like, I totally get that. Like I'm really sorry it did not change her behavior in any way. Yeah, um, so yeah, that like that part of it sucks, but it was nice to have like, be like, oh, I'm going to like straight up bring a problem like quickly. Like I just, I didn't stew on it. It was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is something that keeps happening. I'm just going to say something. And I didn't feel scared. And I don't know like what about our relationship made it feel different that I like felt okay saying that. I'm not really sure. I'd have to think on it more of like why that felt more comfortable than like other friends that I would feel way too nervous to like bring anything Mm up. And then my other one is with this guy that I've been friends with for like since I was in middle school and he's been through a lot of stuff. And like a couple years ago, he was like going through like a really tumultuous time and he would pretty much only call me when like things were in crisis And we would only talk about him and talk about what was going on. And like, that was kind of it. And so it kind of came to a head when he was mad that I couldn't call him when he like wanted me to call him. And I literally couldn't call him because I was on a boat Mm -hmm. and there was no service. So like genuinely like couldn't call him for anything, couldn't do anything. And he didn't care and he was mad. And so I think that's when I was like, okay, I like need to have a conversation about it, but I think it was easier. I mean, I was definitely anxious about it, but it was easier to have that confrontation because I felt so justified in why I was upset. Yeah. And so I think sometimes if it's a confrontation where I could see the other person's side or I could imagine like, oh, if I say this, they could say that and they would totally be right or whatever. Like it's hard. I feel like sometimes I look at things in black and white when I'm dealing with my own stuff. Yeah. Not necessarily with other people's. I don't give – I give other people gray area, but not myself sometimes mm-hmm. in thinking like, oh, well, we can't both be right. So if I can't – if I – if there's a chance I'm not going to be right, then it'll feel bad. So I just won't do it. Yeah. I hear you. It's easier to confront people when you're sure that there's a problem that you can back up with like logic. Right. I'm like, I have all this evidence. Let me show you. But I'm so proud of you for doing both of those confrontations. 
Thanks. And I definitely felt better like after both, at least, even though in both those situations, like nothing changed on their end, like. You at least expressed yourself and you asked for what you needed, which is something that you're not always good at. Yes, exactly. So it was a good practice for me. And I definitely felt better after that it was like, okay, well, I did what I could do, which was say something. And that was, that's where my control in this lies. So I did that. And whatever happens after isn't really about me anymore. Yeah. Okay. How about an unsuccessful confrontation? This one is a funny question because I feel like I have unsuccessful confrontations in that they've like never happened. I was actually thinking that. I think that our most unsuccessful ones are the ones that we've never even really brought up, right? Yeah, that have never happened. I have had a couple confrontations in my life where like I – yeah, I don't actually know. I I think – I can think of times where I was upset about something and I did try to talk about it and she wasn't ready and it came out very like – not even – not passive aggressive but very like mean, jokey, like, Mm -hmm. okay, I'm not. No, mm-mm. like that type of vibe. And I, yeah, I can't remember like what exactly it was even about. And we eventually resolved it, but I think it was like a resolution of like a time had passed that we both just let it go. Yeah. Or like something came up where it was like, oh, we both want to do this thing. So we're just going to be cool about it. Yeah. But honestly, like not that many times that I've tried to have a confrontation other than like when I was like a little kid and Martha and I would like get into screaming fights about like who got to choose what was on the TV. Like, (laughs) I feel like confrontation with siblings is almost a separate category. (laughs) Yeah. Especially when you're kids, like, I don't know. You don't know anything about how you're supposed to be handling all the emotions that are inside of you or how to like handle the emotions that somebody else is feeling. (laughs) Yeah. I'm also lucky with Pat because I I think this is partially maybe because we're like a brother-sister combo, but also our personalities. We're just – we are very blunt with each other. Like, we just tell each other the Mm -hmm. truth and it's, like, never a big deal. And that's the kind of thing that I wish I could have with everybody. Like, I'm going to tell you the truth and please don't take it to, like, mean anything about you. It's just – just is what it is. Maybe you can can preface things with, like, I'm going to treat you how I treat my brother, who I love – Dearly, Dearly and unconditionally. Yeah. <laughs> and that might mean that you're going to get upset with me, but. <laughs> right. But I trust we're going to get back back together about it because we're going to see each other at Christmas. So <laughs> we've got to figure it out. <laughs> I don't know how well that would work for me, but maybe. Um. Yeah. All right. Tell me about a time when you had an unsuccessful conversation. If you can think of one. This is tough for it us was avoidant really hard. folks. Um. I can actually I'm a, I'm going to give you two. I had one when I was younger where I was feeling upset about some things that somebody was saying about me and the way they were saying them and like I vividly remember this because I feel like it was the first time I had ever really spoken up for myself and mm-hmm. it did not go well. The person reacted a little bit defensively and mm. It just wasn't a healthy conversation. There was not like a good dialogue. It was just, yeah. Um, I think just anger and like a lot of feelings on both sides. And so neither one of us handled it very well. And yeah, I mean, when you're that, that was probably like maybe early high school for me. And I think when that happens in your youth, it kind of teaches you like, oh, maybe this isn't safe to do. <laughs> totally. Oh um, my gosh. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that was not fun. How did you feel afterwards? 
not good. Really bad. Oh, so bad. And I felt like I was being unreasonable with what I was asking. And I don't think that Mm -hmm. was actually true. I just think that I maybe didn't say it the right way or like handle it the way that I should have. But also, you know, there's a little bit of a like, okay, I'm, you know, still a child or underage at least. 100%. Yeah. And like, I haven't actually developed any confrontational skills. So this was me trying to learn and it just didn't go well. Yeah. Oh, that's rough. And more recently, Seb and I had a situation where we disagreed on something and we just could not come to a resolution. Like I was having feelings about it and he just did not understand why I was having feelings about it. And Mm -hmm. I was like, I don't even know what to do about this. Like we just don't agree. And so he was like, okay, well, what, like, what is your ideal outcome here? And I told him and he was like, okay, some of that sounds reasonable. So like, let's do it this way, X, Y, and Z. And like, if I, if I do this, will you be fine with that? And I was like, I guess. So like, it was like semi successful, I guess, but it wasn't satisfying. I I didn't feel like great about the resolution. Yeah. But I do think there are situations like that where there's just no right answer. And like you, I think in conversation, you have to be okay with the fact that sometimes there's not a way to fix it, you know? Right. You just both have to kind of be like, okay, like we're going to move on from this, even though maybe this didn't work out in the way that either of us are happy with, but we we found the closest thing to a compromise that we can and like we just have to yeah. be okay with that because sometimes you know things aren't perfect. Yeah, totally. That's so rough though. And I feel like that's actually like a part of conflict and confrontation that isn't talked about growing up. Like I feel like it's like, oh, well you can compromise and or you know like you say you're sorry and you figure out how to fix it and whatever. Like there isn't a lot of conversation around like, hey, sometimes both people are right or both people are unable to fully see the perspective of the other person because they're having their own lived experience of it. Mm-hmm. And like, I don't know that, that that part of it doesn't get talked about very yeah, much. Yeah. Or sometimes your feelings just don't match up. And like, that mm-hmm. doesn't mean that anybody's feelings are wrong. They're just different. Yeah. And, and another thing related to this is I feel like when we were growing up, it was pretty common to like see your parents argue about something but you didn't necessarily see the resolution of the conflict and now i know i've I've actually seen that like parenting tips include like if you fight in front of your children even if you have to fake makeup or like talk about Mm -hmm. it as a family like there needs to be some sort of resolution to a conflict that a child witnesses so that they see that it didn't just get pushed under the rug we actually resolved it totally and like that it's like no you shouldn't have like huge like drag down fights or yelling matches or whatever probably in front of your kids but like it's normal it's great to model yeah like these little conflicts that partners have all the time like and then model to them that like hey in a normal relationship you might argue with somebody Mm -hmm. and you also can make up and you can move on and like that's okay like i didn't i grew up really thinking that like conflict meant that something was wrong. Something was like fundamentally wrong in your relationship. Oh. If you were having conflict. Like I full I like a hundred percent believed that until Ooh, I was like in my twenties. That's no good. And so I would like avoid it like the plague because I was like, well if I say this, then that means something's wrong and we can't fix it. Because I never saw conflict in my house. 
Yeah. I mean, I had the same experience with, like, the avoiding of the conflict, but I don't feel like it was from a perspective of, like, there's something wrong, wrong with the relationship. It was more of a perspective of, like, we don't do uncomfortable feelings and conflict is uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. And I definitely saw, like, there was, there definitely was conflict between my sisters and my parents, but I never saw conflict between my parents. Yeah. And then you don't, you, you know, if you don't see it model, then you don't learn a healthy conflict resolution model for yourself. So. Yeah. Parenting is hard. So complicated. Yeah. We're going to touch on that one of these days. It's complicated. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. How, how do you feel like you can grow in confrontation? Now that we've just really laid it all out there. I mean, I think my number one area for growth is actually speaking up when I feel like there's a problem, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I do – I think I'm, I mentioned this earlier, but I do think that I feel more, like, mentally and emotionally able to do that at this point. I think it's just – and maybe I'll use you as an accountability partner. Like, next time I have an issue that's small, I – tend to like push it under the rug and just be like, this isn't worth me having a conversation about it. But I feel like those are the times when I actually need to practice it so that when it's, you know, not a small issue, I can actually go to somebody and talk about it. I love that. Yeah. I will happily accept the position of your accountability partner. And I'm happy I didn't even have to apply for the job. I appreciate you. Just got handed to me. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, What about you? I feel like the biggest thing that's like coming to mind from this conversation is that I need to trust people more because my fear is that they will walk away. And so I need to trust that like my friends and my family that I know love and care for me, like would not abandon me because I was mad. I wonder too, if you could even, I I truly don't know how this would work, but I wonder if you could even preface the conversation with, because I love you. I want to have this conversation. I am having some fears of abandonment. So that being mm-hmm. said, here's the problem. So, so please don't leave I'm me. really scared of this. So yeah, please don't <laughs> yeah. walk out of this room after I tell you. But, <laughs> but ugh, yeah. yeah. But here's this really small thing that you probably don't care about. <laughs> it's like not even a big deal. But it's a big deal to you. It's important to you. That's true. Which Maybe, means yeah, it's important to don't us. care about. Okay, great. All right. Well, now that you said that, Bracey, um, I love you. And this is why I'm bringing this up. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> yes, please tell me all of the problems you have with me on the podcast. <laughs> uh, I wish I could have a problem with you so that we could practice safe conflict, but I oh, don't. Gosh, that, wouldn't that uh, make a good episode? Yeah. I can't think of anything. Maybe, maybe in like 10 years time. Yeah. We'll be able to come up with like something Next time really I'm actually really mad at you, I'm going to be like, okay, we got to get on the podcast so we can talk You're gonna this be out. Like, hey, I need an emergency recording. <laughs> I wouldn't do that to you because it's too emotionally vulnerable. I appreciate that. <laughs> I would be like, well, as soon as you said we have an emergency recording, I would be like, oh God, I can't. Anxiety <laughs> through the roof. Oh my God. Oh my God. Can't do it. I'm really busy. I actually am on vacation for the rest of my life. Sorry. Bye. <laughs> Well, also, now I know that if I ever do have to conflict resolve with you, I would always preface it with, I am not going to not be your friend. There's no reality where we're not friends, but. Okay, great. <laughs> I need that. Thank you for meeting my needs before you tell me anything. I love that. You're so welcome. 
Um, all right. Well, this has been such a fun episode. It has, especially for one about conflict. You'd think it would have been a lot harder, more. I, I know. know. But yeah, this is, this is a fun one to talk about. Um, if you have any confrontation or conflict tips for us, or you just want to share your struggles with, with these two, uh, interconnected things, we would absolutely love to hear them. You can email us at likeheartedpodcast at gmail.com. Or follow along on Instagram at LikeHeartedPod. Talk to you in two weeks. Bye.